Hello and welcome to another episode of Walk the Walk with Yogi Lindsay. As always, this podcast is recorded live and unedited. It might be spliced together because you never know when your dog might bark or your smoke alarm might go off, but otherwise you're listening to a conscious expression as true as I have capacity in any given day to produce truth and displays of as little ego as possible coming forth. This comes from nearly 20 years of daily rigorous practice of yoga asana, chanting, meditation, pranayama, and lots and lots of trauma therapy. (laughs) So welcome, and we're looking forward to another great day. Today we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a challenging thing. But specifically today, I wanted to talk about the groundedness of forgiveness. Um, As I was sitting in meditation this morning, reflecting on the path that I'm on currently and my next sort of steps of growth that I feel my soul is looking to see as it evolves more and more into a more conscious expression, I, I notice and I look at the people in my life who have hurt me and you know this is just part of life this is part of being alive it's part of growing it's part of learning being hurt and hurting others is just one of these things that we do as humans it's why it is the very first thing that jesus of nazareth said you know first do no harm it's the very first aspect component of classical yoga ahimsa nonviolence. It's in every religious spiritual tradition, you're looking at how to tame the animal beast inside and to allow the divine to come out more freely. And one of the most um, contradictory things that we experience as conscious people or people attempting consciousness, (laughs) should I say instead, is the ability to to realize and see and accept ourselves as both animals and as divine beings. It's you know it's like Ram Dass talking about living in a spacesuit and being a time traveler or you know these sorts of things. We we have these these space suits on these human cosmic spacesuits, and and they can be very violent. And it can be very challenging, especially if we've been hurt many many times. Because what we do if we've been hurt so much is that we close our hearts, we close our minds, we close our bodies, we hold grudges, and we forget about this whole thing called forgiveness and how powerful it can be. Oh, I can't tell you. This last year has been like crazy as far as how much forgiveness I have been challenged with disseminating to various people, friends, family, partners, ex-partners, etc., etc. And I think that once forgiveness sort of comes into play and you'd think, well, Lindsay, you know, you said you'd been practicing for like 20 years and you're just now working on forgiveness. (laughs) Go ahead, judge all you want. (laughs) Yep, that's where I'm at. (laughs) No, it's it's a very human thing. It's, um, It's a very 
challenging thing to be able to do. And I think that, you know, the reason why Jesus of Nazareth talked about it so much was because it is that challenging because it's, it goes against our instincts as animals um, and, and brings us to this more divine quality to be able to see, to hold compassion, to have empathy. You know, you, you feel the empathy for another human. You have the action of compassion. And oftentimes that action of compassion is indeed forgiveness. Sometimes the best way to sit with another person in their pain and to hold space for them is to simply forgive them. And a lot of times as it relates to deeper wounds and, and people that you know we've severed relationships with, the only way that we can really have compassion is to forgive and love folks from afar. And so that's sort of what I wanna talk about a little bit today is, is, is the groundedness to that. So um, I've been working a lot on grounding in the last few years, more so than anything else. And this, this is, so in starting with the understanding of what grounding is, it's, it's, it's the, the practical nature of what we need to do in order to be able to fly. So I always turn this back to handstands. <laughs> Everything is always a handstand. Um, when you're in a handstand or when you're learning how to do a handstand, the, the biggest and first and foremost important aspect of it is shoulder stability. From, from the shoulders, you gotta have square shoulders down to the hands and into the fingertips. And that, but that alone is not going to hold you up, right? That's like doing a high push-up. Like most people, I couldn't 20 years ago hold myself in high push-up, but most people are capable of doing that. Um, and having just straight arms, strong back, serratus anterior muscles engaged, big sort of rounded broadness through the upper back and chest, uh, connected to the core, connected to the legs, feet on the ground, hands on the ground, power. High plank, it's the go-to if you're looking for strength and stability in your body as well as physical and physiological grounding. So we always start there when I'm teaching handstands. And, um, you know, I've been doing handstands for 10 years or so, like comfortably, easily, delightfully. I love them. Handstand therapy is where it's at. Hey, call me if you go through a divorce, if someone who, <laughs> who you really love dies, something when you have really significant grief in your life, handstand therapy. I'm there for you, babe. Um, but it all starts with the groundedness. And there's a lot that goes on top of that firm shoulder to hand to fingertip sort of foundational connection. But like I said, that's only half of the party. But without it, you cannot, sim you simply cannot lift up. You can't. Um, you, you can't even really kick up without a firm foundation, you know, against a wall or anything like that. So there's this there's this really deep understanding that the groundedness is super important for flight or elevation or illumination to be able to occur. And I'll tell you, my son, the Bodhisattva, he's quite critical of my yoga practice when I'm excited about something new that I've done. And we're, you know, there's, there's a tremendous amount of, of 
groundedness and floatiness in the practices that I teach. So, you, you know, you, you anchor into the ground and then you fly and float with the rest of your body. And I talk about floating so very often. And my son is very quick to remind me when he hears me say something about floating. Mom, you're not floating. You're not levitating. Your hands are still on the floor. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for always keeping me grounded. <laughs> and that's, but he's, he's absolutely right. The idea is that we, we have this capacity to levitate, you know? It's in the third book of the Yoga Sutras. It's a part of the spiritual path is to find this light, illuminated, uh, illuminated quality where we literally do feel like we're floating. But guess what? We never actually are floating because in the physi physiology of the body, when you do create these floats, your arms, your hands, your feet, your head, your side body, something still into the ground. And so my, uh, my teaching and my just simply the asana practice uh, with my students at the Shala in Carborough, North Carolina, has shifted tremendously since I've been working on my own groundedness because I would suggest that, you know, prior to starting on this path of, uh, of yoga, and a very deep seeking spiritual mindset uh, throughout life, I was floating around in the clouds, you know? Like I was uh, probably, I was very disembodied. We'll, we'll go with that. You know, the suffering from childhood and all the things that I haven't forgiven yet and all of these uh, just lessons that are yet for me to learn um, or have been yet for me to learn, it's, what has happened over the years is, is I have a, a strong foundation and, and the ability to ground in, you know, like feeling a sense of home, feeling a sense of family, a sense even, even when family isn't necessarily the healthiest of dynamics, you know, just feeling that, feeling a sense of community, of being able to reach out, um, having, having people who are further along on their path in around and near you near me that's been a, a giant uh, step forward for me in my in my work is having the sense of of community and having people who are further along on their path than i am to be able to to feel a sense of security and safety there basically so that i'm not just whimsically floating around in the clouds trying to figure out what's next like there's a very clear and determined path there for me um a sense of confidence you know if we just go up the chakras you know um the, the groundedness, literally the deep existential sort of ideas of, of life and things that uh, we need, you know, a little bit of food, a little bit of water, a little bit of sun and a little bit of sleep and everything else is a game. Understanding that is a very, very grounding sort of feeling. Um, and the groundedness of relationships, that's the next one up. And then the sense of confidence, a sense of clarity, a sense of transformation, that's the next one up. The next one up from there, energy centers in the body, is is the heart, is love, is giving and receiving. The next one from there is the expression of the voice, the, the movement of ideas and concepts from the mind to the heart and the heart back up to the mind and having a sense of a, a clear channel there. And then the sense of clarity, um, a sense of a clear mind, an openness, um, a, a, a lack of reactivity or a lesser reactiveness, um, 
the ability to accept and see things for what they are rather than what our our ego filters might suggest otherwise the ability to discern that's a big one and then beyond that a, a sense of of spiritual connectedness um, a connectedness to the astral planes a connectedness to god a, a goddess however you want to say it um, a connectedness to all things conscious and bigger than we are but starting from the ground at the basis of the existentialism um, I, you know i myself have have been very open on the higher realms and and you might be the same as you listen to this higher realms like the 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 clear clarity of mind and the spiritual connectedness is like wide open but the existential crises remain and the groundedness is challenged and the heart is not open and the you know like all of these other things that are that can very very often be this way and so groundedness is a super important thing because it does create I mean, obviously, it creates the, the foundation of the handstand. It creates the foundation of the forward bend. It creates the foundation, you know, in, in yoga asana, we talk about um, engaging bandhas. So tucking the tailbone and lengthening through the lower spine to decompress uh, the lumbars and allow for movement down through the sacral spine and, and down into the tailbone and those little muscles down in there that are generally kind of in most people, uh, flat and, and lacking in abilities. And what we're doing is we're trying to create through these grounding practices, very physical grounding practices. You know, you go into a, a straight-legged forward fold on, on the ground, and you could be doing that completely out of alignment um, without, and you could think that, well, on my, the whole back of my leg and my bottom is on the ground, so I'm grounded. But without the intention to ground, without the proper technique of grounding, there's no ground to the pose. And so all you do is, is lengthen the upper spine or create an upper thoracic extension that actually creates more challenges through the heart and the neck, the throat, the back of the throat, and that, those areas of the body. So we can very easily be misinterpreting our own paths and our own groundedness or lack thereof. So it's really important to look at those things. And, and I tell you, like, even what is it what this the year it's 2022 i will tell you the last one of the last times that i i spent in intentional retreat with a previous teacher of mine um in costa rica i um i remember i remember seeing um some really amazing south and central american um grounding practices happening and i remember judging it harshly and saying why are they still worried about that stuff? Like, psh, they need to be seeking for a higher ground at this point. And meanwhile, like, you know, my lower chakras were completely cut off and I was floating around in the clouds without any sense of groundedness. Um, how was I doing handstands then? Well, magically so, um, but they weren't healthy. They weren't aligned and they were not um, uh, energetically defined we'll say it that way they were they were the energetics were not in play properly um so in the handstand today feels very very different because uh, because the foundation is grow growing and stronger and stronger based on a lot of these things that i've been working on personally in my life and and i've said in previous podcasts you know if trauma is in your way it's always going to be in your way until it's not until you've you know really worked with it because there i don't i personally this is my opinion i don't know 
what other people would suggest about this, but um, I think that if trauma is still there, it, it becomes very, very difficult, if not impossible, to ground because it it does block the um, the existential sort of flow of information. I don't want to say information, but just energy in ways that we can't necessarily articulate all that well. Um, because that's what trauma does, you know, the body keeps the score and it's not necessarily, trauma is not necessarily inhabited in the mind, in, in memory, in the form of, you know, um, easily comprehensive sort of thoughts, images. Memories of trauma are held deeper than that and, and you know, where the body has been very intelligent in ways of hiding that trauma from the mind until it's ready to handle it. And even then, it's, it doesn't come out necessarily in the form of thoughts or images. It just releases because it's healed. And so doing trauma therapy, working with your spiritual practices, very, very powerful and important and literally, I think, the prerequisite for grounding. So then once you start grounded, grounding in, then you start realizing, how much, and this is, you know, me 20 years into my path. And I, I think that I've only really, and I, I say this all the time, like how, how many years have my students heard me say, I've only just now figured it out. It's not that we've, it's only, it's not that we've just now figured it out. It's just that every day is a new expansion, a new blossoming, a new, a new growth where it feels like this is, you know, beginner's mind. It's not that you are a beginner. It, it's that it's that you're allowing the continuation of blossoming of energetics and movement and clarity and awareness to come through so a lot of times what happens is when you're kind of clearing up those lower energy centers of the body and starting to recognize your purpose in the world and what you're here to learn and what you're here to do and, and how you're here to grow and expand, forgiveness really starts to come into the picture. Now, forgiveness requires so much patience, um, so much tolerance, and so much acceptance. And so I'll tell you, um, I get on the insight timer like every morning for, I don't know, 10 years or eight years or nine years now or something like that, the insight timer on the on the, the meditation app on the iPhone. Lots of people are on it, it's a great app. And there's a lot of really nice talks in there. And this morning, actually, I, um, I've, I've been very powerfully driven toward forgiveness in these last few weeks um, from uh, a shamanic teacher that I've been working with who I adore. And um, he really pushed me toward forgiveness. And he's been pushing me toward forgiveness um, as, as a way to kind of take the next step. So I was listening on the Insight Timer this morning to just a guided meditation. It was like, you know, 10 or 12 minutes um, about, about what forgiveness is and how to do it and all these things. And I was... I giggled to myself because the first thing that the teacher asked me to do was to think about a time that I have hurt someone. And so when you think about forgiveness, 
it's, I mean, that's absolute genius. When you think about forgiveness, you have to think about compassion. And in order to be compassionate, you have to be able to see the things that you have done and to accept and forgive yourself first, right? You can't, just like you can't love yourself until you love, uh, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't love someone until you really, really love yourself. And you can't forgive someone until you've really forgiven yourself. And I was like, of course, I thought to myself, yes. And I was so delighted to <laughs> go into some really awful scenarios in my life where I've just been a complete jerk, where I've done awful things. We all have. And, and to sit with myself, put my hand on my heart and forgive myself in those, in those storylines. And from there, there was a, a very deep awareness of the many people that I have hurt. And therefore, then from there, the many people that I have yet to forgive. And it was a beautiful sort of juxtaposition. So, of course, compassion is, is the, in my interpretation and in my definition, compassion is the action that follows the feeling of empathy. So we feel a sense of empathy, we feel a sense of understanding of another's difficulties or challenges or emotions in some way, shape or form. And then we have a choice. We can either sit with it and do nothing or we can do something. And what are you gonna do? Well, you could be with someone, you could sit next to someone, you could, you know, have a conversation, you could do those things, you could give in big ways, in person, and, you know, via Skype or whatever way that you do that, interacting with people, um, or, or you can kind of do it in a very personal way that does not involve the other person. And that's, um, that's definitely where forgiveness comes in. And I don't think forgiveness is not about going after somebody and demanding an apology either, right? Forgiveness and apologies are completely different things that really don't have anything to do with one another. And I know that that might irritate some folks that might be listening, but really um, forgiveness is, is something that we do for ourselves and apologies are something that we do for others. Um, we make amends, right? It's, it's part of the spiritual path to recognize, oh shoot, you know, I've screwed up. And so making amends is one of many ways that we actively involve ourselves on our paths. Um, but that doesn't mean that we are forgiven by the person that we have transgressed upon. That's not what it's about. You don't go saying you're sorry, seeking forgiveness that's uh, that's like that's like giving somebody a gift and expecting something back you know um and the forgiveness aspect is the same in the way that it is something that you do for your own health and sanity because if you hold grudges and if you hold on to anger and fear and frustration and and you hold on to these ideas that of victimization like the only person that's going to be challenged by that is the one holding on to the negative emotion there. So I have a very, uh, I'll share my very deep personal experience um, with the shamanic work that I've been doing and with my shamanic teacher. Um, he, he specifically told me recently during um, an energy session that 
if I don't forgive my father, I'm going to go deaf in my left ear. All right, all right. I know, I know. This sounds like hocus pocus. But in, um, in the energy world, the left side of the body is the father's side. The right side of the body is the mother's side. And think for a moment, if you have a challenged relationship with your mother or father, or if you have, or if you haven't forgiven either of them yet for whatever it is, does that side of your body, is something on that side of your body kind of nagging at you on a, on a kind of chronic sort of basis? And, and get out the doctor diagnoses and all, all these things. Instead, just look at your sensations and your feelings. Like, you know, my left shoulder, my left neck have been very challenged. Um, my left hip has been very challenged. And, you know, when you, do, when you practice yoga on a daily basis for a really long period of time, you establish a body awareness that is unmatched by pretty much anything else in the whole wide world. And so you really start to see and feel things in a very powerful way. And they make very deep um, philosophical and spiritual sense in ways like, wow, well, there's nothing wrong with this shoulder, there's nothing wrong with this hip, but there are kind of emotions and victimizations potentially lodged in there based on my inability to fully forgive my father for whatever he's done. And that's a, it's a pretty normal and common thing, and it's an okay thing. But this is all just to illustrate that if we, like, we are the ones that suffer from our lack of forgiveness. Our pains stay lodged in our bodies. Our challenges, you know, um, folks who are, are, are deeply struggling with this idea of being an inner victim and it's like, it's totally understandable. You know, when you've been hurt so many times, like what choice do you feel like you have? But you do have a choice, you do. And it's one of the most depthy spiritual practices that exist is to forgive. So I have a, a couple of practices that I will share. One that really has worked for me um, for some really challenging traumatic circumstances um, that I've been able to overcome based on this. And I've been, it's been given to me by a number of therapists in different ways, but um, I love John Gray. I love John Gray. I'm sorry if you think John Gray, but if you don't like John Gray, you're just misinterpreting him. I promise he is spot on rock star. And he talks about, he's the relationship guru. He's the guy, Mar, men are from Mars and women are, for, are for, from Venus, right? And he's written, I don't know, like two dozen books or something on the topic based on like lots of science and lots of his own great stuff. John Gray, if you're listening, please call me. <laughs> I would love to talk to you. Um, uh, but he, he talks about this letter writing idea and, and a lot of therapists do. And what, what he specifically talks about is writing a letter for, uh, how does it start? You write a letter from, so let's say, well, we'll juxtapose it and role play it with my father just for shits and grins. Okay. Sorry. Trying not to swear. Wow. That's the first swear ever in these podcasts. All right. Well, one out of however many isn't that bad, I guess. Forgiveness, compassion, empathy. Moving on. Okay. 
<laughs> that one backwards. It's empathy, compassion, forgiveness um, for self and then to others, right? There you can, you can see it in real time happening. Um, but John, what he says is, okay, so basically what, what Lindsay needs to do is Lindsay needs to write a letter to herself from her father apologizing. So I write the letter from my father to me and he is apologizing, but I'm doing the writing. And then, so I write that, I write that apology email from my father to me. And then I write the letter back to my father, forgiving him. It's so profound. You'd think it's so silly and so simple and like that doesn't work, but I promise you, it is so powerful and so profound to do that. And then to, you know, have a little ceremony, a little ritual afterwards, get some herbs, get some candles, you know, get around a fire or something and, and burn the heck out of those letters. And, um, but you know, keep a copy on your computer or something so you can reflect back. It's a really, really powerful practice to be able to forgive in those, in those ways. And I don't, um, I don't know that, I'm sure that there are plenty of other practices that are really, really powerful, but the, the reason why this particular practice of forgiveness is so powerful is because there is a groundedness to it that requires the writer, the, the, the quote-unquote victim, to feel it coming from the quote-unquote perpetrator and to send it out in a way that makes sense. So you have to have a sense of empathy. My father was, had, a, had a horrible childhood. He was an altar boy in the Catholic Church. He was abused. And there's so much compassion that I have for him in those situations that I cannot comprehend what it would be like to be a child with faith, with spirit, with depth, with interest in spirituality, with, with a desire to serve the church and, and then to be overpowered by the very religious figures that you trusted and desired the most. And I'll tell you that today, my father still goes to mass every Sunday and probably Thursdays and Tuesdays too, or whatever it is that, you know, it, it's, it, it's wild and crazy how that sort of faith can continue at whatever level. And it's, and it's powerful. And as you see, I'm, I'm a little choked up. Like you can feel it in my voice a little maybe. It's a challenging sort of thing to understand, to be able to, to empathize with someone else who has hurt you deeply, really badly, and, and to see where it comes from. And to see how, to, how, how, how you could just, just so easily dissociate and, and play it out with someone else um, who is as powerless as you were. It's what, it's just what we do when we're not grounded, right? This is where the depth of grounding is so important to be able to have the clarity to turn it around and make a different choice. I am, um, I'm, I'm pretty goofy about things that I say as, as it relates to being open about pain and suffering. And I say often that 
I could have just as easily become a sociopath as opposed to a leader of a spiritual community um, and a deep seeker. And that's a profound choice to make, right? But it comes from, comes as a result of some element of intentional or unintentional grounding. And then when the intention to ground comes at a deeper level, then you have the capacity to really start looking around and understanding, okay, well, this is where I'm gonna clear out my system. This is where I'm gonna clear my pain. This is where I'm gonna clear my suffering is through grounding in, having a sense of firm foundation, of safety, of, of companionship, of love, of, of depth. And then you can make these big, brave, bold moves like going out and, and understanding the pain of a quote-unquote perpetrator and really feeling love for that person. For, to, to, and, and if you don't necessarily have like a quote-unquote perpetrator in your life that you need to forgive, then go to Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm silly. But, you know, or, or go to even worse, like, come on, like, Trump isn't that bad. Like, there are such worse humans. Like, go to, um, if we're going to judge, you know, and if we're going to look at things like that, because we, we do anyway, so let's accept the fact that we do and look at it from, like, the, the, the most challenging person that you can think of in your life that you could just, oh, that person is just straight bad and evil. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just suffering like everybody else. And maybe they didn't have the capacity to choose not to be a sociopath. Maybe they didn't have the capacity to choose not to be a narcissist or a borderline personality disorder or whatever it is. We don't all have the capacity to make these healthier choices for ourselves. So imagine how much someone must be suffering, how much trauma must be in the way for people to not make choices for their own health and happiness. Like that's what's really, really challenging. So I, I'm gonna ask you in benediction in your lives to like either go to a personal quote unquote perpetrator in your life who has caused you damage, harm, or go to like the quote unquote worst person you can think of and, and do a lot of research about them. Find out find out what their childhood was like find out that this person is not probably trying to do harm in the world they're probably just doing the best that they can and when we look at them and we judge them in a way that determines that that's not good enough then the only person who receives that and the only thing that happens as a result of that is that we have to deal with the fact that we just judge someone really, really harshly. And that's a really, really powerful thing to get over <laughs> and to sit and just be compassionate and to have a sense of empathy and to understand that we all are murderers. We are all rapists. You know, we, we all have this capacity within us to do harm in the world. We do. It's just our capacity and, and gratitude <laughs> to have the capacity um, to be able to make different choices and to not do it in those, in those ways, shapes or forms. But I think that, you know, the world is a really crazy place 
And the last thing we need is more judgment. The last thing we need is more polarization. The last thing we need are more people in the world saying, that's bad. Let me tell you what's good. There's no such thing as bad or good. There's no such flippin' thing as bad or good. It just is what it is. And what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna determine that it's wrong or that there's some something about you that is capable of of judging another and and then casting them off, them off to the side and if you do that what damage does that do to you on the flip side what wonderfulness can be found through seeking out the worst behavior that you could possibly fathom in your mind and forgiving it from the other person's point of view, like doing the, the John Gray letter writing. Get into their brain and apologize to yourself from that person, from a very deep, wonderful, knowledgeable place of here are all the reasons why I am so screwed up and I did this to you and I am so sad and I am so sorry and I wish that I would have never done it. I'm working on myself the best that I can within my capacity. And here I am asking for forgiveness. And then you respond, I am so delighted to hear your heart open, to hear you communicate your challenges. I feel like I understand you a little bit better. And I understand that you are suffering and that you have been suffering and that you have not found an avenue to heal your suffering. And so sometimes, just like me, your, your avenues of, of communication and suffering coming, are coming out in, in ways that are harmful to others. That makes you human. It makes me human too, and I understand you. And as a result of all of that, I forgive you. And I hope that your suffering finds some way of release and finds some pattern of virtue to find its way to a better place. This is tough stuff. It's really tough stuff. But when you can ground in, when you have the support, when you have the depth, when you have the relationships, when you can hold somebody's hand and know that you're safe, know and feel confident in in the strength of being able to stand up upside down right set up or backwards <laughs> and then to find a sense of love and clarity and uh, and an expression and communicative uh, communication you can do anything you can do anything so i challenge you today to lift up your heart as you ground down into your hips Open up the center of your body. Broaden your heart space. Broaden your shoulders. Clear out your throat. Clear out your mind. Connect to the divine and forgive. Forgive authentically. Forgive truly. Forgive as hard as you possibly can. And see what lightness comes as a result. See what growth comes as a result. See what pain immediately releases from your body. See what disease or suffering immediately falls away. And if you have 
challenges with community, reach out, reach out to me personally. I would be happy, happy, happy to support you and your challenges in your life. If you Google Yogashala Carbro, North Carolina, you'll find me. My personal email and cell phone number are right there. You can call me, you can text me, you can email me and you have support and you are not alone. And you are capable from that place of feeling depth and existential groundedness, whether it's through your hips or through your relationships or ideally through your own body, ideally. You have the power to, to come up out of that and, and, and to literally float and fly away, but not without your hands on the ground. I hope this has been helpful and challenging for you. And if you have any questions, let me know. This has been Walk the Walk with Yogi Lindsay. Have a wonderful day.